Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what is up, everybody? Project Katachi here with my co-host, War Nurse. Welcome back to another episode of the GZ Chop Shop podcast. Uh, as you can probably tell from listening or if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm in a different situation right now. Um, if you guys have been keeping up, uh, there's been a lot of things going on uh, on my end. We've got the house getting worked on. Uh, so I finally had to give up my my room studio for a night <laughs> but i didn't want to not record so this is a very unique situation uh i i'm i hopefully this is a one-time thing man looks hopefully. like he's about to start can... asking for demands <laughs> do you ever want to see your sister <laughs> <So> again <laughs> <laughs> this is not the this is not the ideal setup that i had planned the prequel to for, for a podcast i i <laughs> for real i literally busted out this this isn't project itachi this is this is back to itachi 266 i took it back about a good four years <laughs> i bust out the old equipment my old microphone my old uh whole old setup just so i could do this podcast so hopefully my editing skills are on par that it doesn't sound too different from what you guys are used to but yeah um we're still going to kick off this episode. We got an amazing lineup as always. So, without further ado, and before my setup decides to go kaput on me, Warner's, what have we got this week? Well, this week we are going to talk about Ubisoft's employee pushback. Um, they're having similar issues that Activision Blizzard uh, had in the past and is st- still currently dealing with, but maybe not for long, depending on uh, what happens there with Microsoft. Um, and yep. then uh, we're going to touch on cyberpunk, some changes coming out updates. And uh, I, they did a stream today as well. And then uh, we're going to talk about the new RPG maker unity available through steam. I'm really excited about these topics. Um, before we jump on these, I, I, I just want to briefly mention something because it's, <laughs> I, I just find it hilarious. Uh, I know Tachi, you, you watch you watch Attack on Titan. You read, I think you read the mangas as well, and it's uh, yep. officially uh, considered. Uh, I, I guess that whatever the voting system is, I'm not sure how how it works, but it was decided that it was the most popular TV show, not just anime, TV show of 2022 so far, which is insane. Um, yeah, and you know, I just I've been hearing a lot of. Uh, complaints about the anime just people saying it's mid people comparing it to other shows and you know this is just my little soapbox here but it's it's getting a little insane a little wild how you know people anime has only very recently become as easily accessible as it is now and the animation is just oh my god amazing compared to even a few years ago and i think a lot of that has to do with the popularity and the the influx of money that these companies these studio companies are getting because the audience is growing so you know i don't know where it's coming from but i i would really 
I'd really like to see the anime fan base be more united and be more excited that we have so much anime at our disposal. And honestly, I love Attack on Titan. Uh, it's it's rare to get a an anime that has no fillers for one, especially a shonen anime. No fillers, like that's insane. Yeah, like oh, there's only eighty episodes. Yeah, because there's no fillers. Uh, but people, there's no fillers. And then you know you got people complaining about how long it takes for an anime to come out. Yada yada. I'm like, obviously, you aren't the same fan base when Dragon Ball Z was first being released, because not only. <laughs> Not only was there to what 293 episodes, I think it's like 291 or 293, yeah. but at least at least 50 or 60 percent of Dragon Ball Z was just random off the wall shit that that was not fighting like actually the fighting yeah. was probably like 20 percent. But, I, you know, I don't know. That's, that's just yeah. my my two cents there. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day. Aaron Yeager. Attention, all shoppers. The world is now closed. He said he announced his worldwide tour. He said, call me Mr. Worldwide. Dude said, welcome to the WWE worldwide extinction. That man needs to chill. But anyways, yeah, I I just want to see. Oh, oh, crunchy roll. They had a poll for the greatest protagonist for the year, and it was Aaron Yeager. And then they had to vote for the greatest antagonist for the year. <laughs> and Aaron I, I saw that. I saw. Th- didn't he? Th- didn't he actually win best protagonist? I, I think I, he won best protagonist. I think he won best protagonist. And I'm over here like a little confused. I'm like, I don't know, because <laughs> uh, you know, I, I did. I did read the manga. I finished it last like April or May when it, when it finished. Uh, but mm. it's definitely different. Like when you, when you read it versus when you watch it come to life on screen and yeah, I, you know, when I read it, I was like, damn, <laughs> but watching it and like, it gives yeah. you a different emotion. Like it, when it comes and to life on screen it unfold. and yeah. seeing it unfold and the music and you know, all that. And I, you know, animes have been known to, to, ask the questions that make you, you know, like the questions that make you like, really like what? like, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that, but the, the ethical questions that attack on Titan puts before us is just insane. And this, the storyline, like yeah. hate it or love it. Attack on Titan is number one, number two, for a reason. I say, I say that cause demon slayer is definitely up there in popularity as well for good reason. The animation is out, outstanding. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to take a second to, to say that and to appreciate the storyline as well. I mean, that storyline is amazing and you go back and watch or read, you know, however you want to do it, uh, prior stuff. And it's like the, the author was like foreshadowing all these things and talking yeah. about all these things um, before, like years before it even happened. Before it even happened, there was there's literally subtle, subtle clues, because I think isn't the name Jaeger. Doesn't that mean monster or something? I, I believe that the, the name Jaeger actually has a different meaning. I was like, man, we really shouldn't be surprised at how Aaron turned out. His name is literally Aaron Jaeger. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so we should not be surprised. And it just made me think like Pacific Rim, the Kaijus versus the Jaegers. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, you know, it was like the context was there. We just totally just dismissed it. <laughs> Little details. Completely dismissed it. But let's let's kick things off with completely dismissed it. Ubisoft. I said that completely wrong. I really over enough. Yes, yes, Ubisoft. Ubisoft has never sponsored us. This dude can't even say our name like, right. I got look, Let's Ubisoft. Talk. I got hit by a car about two summers ago, <laughs> and I'm gonna ride that train till I die. Oh, no. If you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, no. hit up our previous episodes from last year. Yeah. We talk about it in depth. Yeah, just go. I think we can cover it at least once an episode at this point now. <laughs> I will ride that train until uh, I, I die. A, <laughs> I got hit by a car 34 summers ago. <laughs> yep. Still, 
still messing still with me. fresh but still yeah fresh. the uh apparently the there's yeah, uh off, yeah the <laughs> <laughs> they're having the, so they've had uh similar allegations as activision blizzard uh going back yeah. as far uh as at it was brought up in July of 2021, I believe. Uh, but mm-hmm. we all know that it, it goes back way further than, than that. It always does. Uh, yeah. The allegations of sexual harassment, assault in the workplace and Itachi, uh, your memory is always better than mine. You're always remembering things that we've said before. Uh, we've talked about this. We, we predicted yeah. this rise in issues, this ripple, this ripple effect in the gaming industry. Yeah, it was actually right after the Activision Blizzard thing kicked off. I said, we're going to start seeing a ripple effect. And I said, the only problem with this ripple effect is it's not all going to be good natured. Um, does it need to happen? A hundred percent. Absolutely. This stuff has to get rooted out. However, you're going to have weeds in in your crops. There's going to be those that seep in for personal gain. And they're going to mask it with a, a topic as heavy as this, especially where sexual harassment is involved. That's automatic taboo, whether, you know, it's proven or not proven. As soon as you get that label, it's game over. You've got the limelight on you. Everyone's going to side eye you. Things got to change. You know, things got to get fixed. Things are going to happen. And the only reason I think uh, the Ubisoft situation has actually gone so much under the radar is because of just how big Activision Blizzard is. And it's kind of been over overshadowing Ubisoft. And in this regard, uh, when I was reading the article, which is on, on Polygon, if you guys want to check out the article, you can just go to the Polygon website. Um, it was saying that they actually not long after the Activision Blizzard thing kicked off, the Ubisoft case kicked off and there is an organization. They call themselves a better Ubisoft and their whole goal is to improve the working conditions of, of, you know, their development studio. Um, and I think they have like almost like 2000, 2000 members in their, in their cause. Uh, and they've actually have made uh, demands for some of the changes. And I'll actually read these off uh, once again from the Polygon website. These are the four demands that they've requested that Ubisoft implement. One is stop promoting and moving known offenders from studio to studio, team to team with no repercussion. The cycle needs to end. Second, we want a collective seat at the table to have a meaningful say in how Ubisoft as a company moves forward from here. Third, cross industry collaboration to agree to a set of ground rules and processes that all studios can use to handle these offenses in the future. Fourth, this collaboration must heavily involve employees in non-management positions and union representatives. Now, as I always say, as a budding entrepreneur, I have started to learn certain things to be on the lookout for. Uh, as just being a former employee, this all sounds amazing. Everyone would love a seat at the table. Everyone would love to have their voice heard. Um, and I do think it's only fair, especially, you know, at overall, we're, we're a democracy. You know, we, we, we believe in voting. We believe in, in, in fair play. Um, but when I was saying earlier about certain personal issues seating themselves in a bigger issue i see some of that in some of their demands and they're placed in the middle so it's kind of like a sandwich you don't realize what's in the middle until you get to it so I, i'm gonna assume and it's like on the surface i'm gonna assume here that out of these four you were also three of them were also like seemed understandable and then one of them uh-huh. stood out as being kind of ridiculous which we want a collective seat yeah. at the table. And that, that is also the same one that stood out Bingo. to me as what do you have to bring to the table outside wanting to change uh, how the system works and dealing with offenders and people who cause problems, break rules, harass others. Those are great things. Yeah. You definitely make changes yeah. that need to be made, but what do you as an individual, and there's a couple thousand of you bring to the table that that you feel will impact the company in such a positive way that your voice in that that area matters. And I say it like that. Yeah, because that's that's just yeah. true. Yeah, 
Um, and, and I know a lot of people are probably going to think they're like, well, you know, these are the people that are actually in the, you know, they're the, they're the actual workers. They're the down and dirty. They're going to know what we want. They're going to know the direction a company can go. You got to remember the people who are actually running the company were probably those same people. And things change when people have power. Those people that you are sending to bat for you aren't always going to as pure and pro as you hope they get that collective seat at the table uh and you're thinking okay these are going to change things but change what 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 is the seat at the table going to do if they want to have a say in the direction of the company then ubisoft is no longer ubisoft it's going to have to become a completely different different thing and i'm, uh, I'm noticing a lot of problems now is and, and this is not to disregard, you know, employees in in any workforce whatsoever. But the thing that you have to understand, and it sucks because there are so many corrupt CEOs that it paints a bad picture. A lot of people think we don't need CEOs, but you you do. And you need the CEO needs people that know how companies operate, the ins and outs, how to handle, you know, how to help them drive this this vessel and if he if you're going and saying the thousand of us need to have a say in this that's a thousand people pulling the company in different directions not all of you are going to unanimously agree on everything you might in the beginning but then when you are in that position you see oh they're going to listen to us now we outnumber them we've scared them into giving us what i want all of you are starting going to start wanting individual things because now you find this unfair to you and you want this to change and you want shorter working hours, but you want a bigger pay. All of these little nuances are going to start coming up and it's going to tear the company up from the inside. And then you're going to still meet resistance from the upper echelon of the company because they have to protect their assets. They got to protect their investments because the one thing that a lot of the, I, I want to say the, probably that the activists aren't realizing is you at the end of the day have to please your investors. Let's just say you flushed out all the upper echelon. You still have to answer to your investors. The money doesn't just come from nowhere. It comes from investors. It comes from your general public. So if you start displeasing your investors, they're going to pull their funding. And in turn, the consumers are going to jump ship because well, as I've always said, we as, as humans, we have herd mentality. We don't always need to know what's going on. We just need to see 10 people bail ship and we bail with them. We don't even need to know what's up. We just say, oh, they're a bad guy. OK, we're bailing, too. Why? I don't know. Everyone else is doing it. And now you completely ruined your, you know, your way of life. You've, you've completely destroyed the company. Um, so I feel that three of their demands absolutely make sense. Um, the work environment needs to change. You should not be working in an environment that you do not feel safe, that you do not feel you are treated equally. That needs to be addressed. That needs to be handled. That does need to be brought to the limelight. So it can't constantly be buried. So like I said, I agree with three out of the four, but you can't tell me all 1000 of those people have a business mindset <laughs> to, to have a collective seat at the table. And also, I mentioned this before the podcast, and I, I wanted your thoughts on it, Warners. There was one line that stuck out to me that made me kind of like, eh, that's why I said the collective thing didn't make sense to me. Um, and I'm going to read the, the whole paragraph as, as I got it. Uh, a better Ubisoft felt that a the video email from Grant, because there was a video email sent out after a survey was taken, uh, was unsatisfactory as they felt the day, data uh, was not analyzing the issues the employees were concerned about, which were that they felt they had to hide their true selves for fear of judgment or reprobation from peers or managers. The group then added the original demands at the end of this update letter with the following points that I've read earlier. That line bothers me. It bothers me immensely. Hide their true selves. What does that mean? Yeah. Because I believe when you go to work, you're you're going there to work. What do you do? You bring your personal life with you to work. Well, like, and that, I'm, I'm that can be taken very that. that can be taken very negative ways too. Like w w like we're talking about ultimately here. What we're talking about is uh, sexual allegations and harassment. 
So mm. when you come out with a statement like that, are you are you like what's your angle there? Because from in one point of view, it, it kind of contradicts what your cause is like, what do you mean? Hide your true selves. Like, are you saying you're for, for this on some level? Like, like that's how it kind of comes off from that perspective. And then another perspective is, you know, trying, trying to say like, well, we, we, you know, we don't want these things and we are trying to speak up and have a voice, but we're not being heard. We're not being allowed to do these things and be our true selves and, you know, make committees and, and speak up whatever the case is. So yeah, that, that is a weird statement to make. And that's the thing is some of these statements that, that, and demands are almost like contextual, like it, 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 Mm -hmm. were they taken out of context or were they just so vaguely demanded that, they could be taken in any, in any way. They're not very clear cut. Not really. Yeah. Like what do you Um, really want to hear? It's posted on their Twitter. Yeah. It's posted on their Twitter. The exact, you know, the exact word and the exact letter that they, you know, that they posted. Yeah. Um, I I see it. So anybody can go and read it. Uh, but also on the UB front, UB fronts, UB soft, uh, front, um, they're not actually, uh, saints themselves because apparently the eight minute video that came from uh, Anika Grant, uh, they said <clears throat> the main issue the employee group found was that the eight minute video was very brief, structured, and made it difficult to find and offer feedback on the video. Uh, and that the grant revealed that 71% of employees feel comfortable being ourselves at work. And it seems like uh, to summarize, it seems like the survey they sent out probably was to benefit them. This way, it was a a, a CYA situation. They were definitely going out of the way to cover their ass. Um, they sent out the survey. And like you said earlier, the kind of they were saying we're not being heard. It was funny because Ubisoft basically replied in a video. We see we hear you. Literally those words. We we heard you. We hear you. Um the, the basic corporate response. Right. And they said they sent out the survey with rooms for comments and stuff. But I'm pretty sure with all the surveys, when we were in the military, all the surveys that were taken out, especially during the time when they knew that there was a high stress across the board for military, the questions were very structured to, in the way they said, well, we sent out a survey to assess your stress, but they were so structured. You couldn't, they weren't really asking the questions they knew people wanted asked. Right. They were structured in a way they, you could only give the answer they wanted. Right. And that's, um, I've definitely experienced that myself in, in various workplaces. Yeah. And I think that's the case. I think that's what Ubisoft did to combat the situation because they crafted the survey to be favorable to them overall as best as they could. And when you present it probably before a court, it's like, well, this is what we presented in lingo in uh, if they're checking all of their boxes that a court corporate is required to check, it's going to look more favorable for them. It's going to be like, well, they're addressing it. They sent out a survey. These are pretty direct questions. That's probably what all that matters. They were direct questions and it all worked out in their, in their favor. So Ubisoft can say, well, we addressed it. Uh, Most of the people are happy. So why should we upset the system? And that's all they need. Quote unquote, if most of the people are happy, if you know, why, why should we meet any of these demands? 40 questions because at the end of the day. Yes. They're a developer. Four, but 40 questions is, is, is a lot of questions. Like that seems like, like double the amount of questions you might normally ask. I've never received a survey from any place I've ever worked. That was more than maybe 20 questions. It's almost like you were, they were trying to overwhelm them with an insane amount of work to do. <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah. Like that sounds stressful. Um, 40 questions. And you know, and that probably was a, probably a, a technique because you get this 40 question survey, which I'm pretty sure was mandatory given the situation. <clears throat> it works in their favor because here's, and you brought up a good point, more work. 
So think about all the safety stand downs we had and how much we hated them. Somebody would get into an accident, one person, and the whole command has a safety stand down. <clears throat> we would be so frustrated at that one person for giving us all a stand down. Imagine being in a company, <clears throat> thousands of people having to basically do a safe workplace survey because this group of thousands of people have raised an issue. So maybe Ubisoft played this to their benefit and said, okay, well, you, you thousand are now going to tick off all of our Ubisoft globally. Cause they didn't send that survey just here. They sent that to all, all of their across the, the world, all their bases. So they all had to do that survey so that probably annoyed the heck out of people. They probably did it. They sent it. And I think they said they sent it on a Friday. That probably ticked off so many people <laughs> at the end of the Because I think they I think it's an article. They said they sent it at the end of a day on a Friday. Hoping honestly done with your work. And it's probably due, you know, Monday. Mm-hmm. And then like nobody does it because it's the weekend. Yeah. It's a tactic. Well, no, we didn't get it's the a, feedback. It's a strong tactic. We didn't get the feedback. You know, not enough people completed it. Or if they mandatorily had to complete it, it ruined a lot of people's Fridays because it's like, hey, you can't leave until you finish that survey. Now you're stuck there for another hour because if they left comment sections under each, they probably said comments mandatory. Leave your thought. So now these people are ticked. Why are we doing this? Oh, because a thousand people for a better Ubisoft raise a complaint. Now, instead of joining their cause, you're ticked at them because you want to go home to your kids. It's a Friday. You told them we're going to catch a movie. Now you got to call them and say, no, I'm going to be late. Why? Well, I got to do this stupid survey. Now you're ticked at a cause <laughs> because the company has twisted it in their favor. Now, this is just all hypothetical. There's no facts to back this up. But just looking at the number, 71% of the company says they're happy. Yes, they're what, what's the best answer at the top? Because all surveys follow the same format. Top answer, good answer, bottom answer, bad answer. Top, 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 top. <clears throat> Let me go home. I wonder if I'm the only person that when I do take a survey and it require it has like a requirement that I, I to to send it, I have to make a comment that I go through every comment and just put period. Period. <laughs> Period. Period. I, I, I did that. And I'm not saying that's I'm like, maybe I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I did that with every shitty job I didn't care about. I'm like, I don't care. I like pay me so I can go home. I don't like I'm here. This is a business transaction. Give me my money. I don't care. I'm leaving. Thank you. I, I did my best. You pay me what you say. Yeah. Uh, then when I became a nurse, I started actually happened. participating more since it's my career and I enjoy it. Uh, I'm at, you know, I'm on committees and stuff, which by the way, uh, that's another thing that I, I, I'd like to know. They're, they're asking for, uh, committees basically. And like as a nurse, okay. Uh, my hospitals has, uh, 17, 18, 19, sorry, 22 units. I think 22 separate units. Each unit has their own committees for different things for the personnel that work on those units specifically. And there's various committees that you can join and for all different things. And that makes me wonder, like, are they already, were they not doing that to begin with? Certainly any prosperous business has committees that anyone's welcome to volunteer to be a part of and be a voice in said uh, topic, whatever that thing is safety or, you know, whatever. I don't know what else is out there. I've been a nurse for seven years. Everything's just healthcare to me, but (laughs) (laughs) this is all health. I think they have unions, but I know unions operate a little differently. Um, I I have my, it just seems like they want them to be more involved. So I didn't, I didn't know there were like any gaming industry, like studios that were under a union. I honestly, until I read this, I didn't either. I didn't, for some reason, I thought like <laughs> when you work for a game developer, you were totally like covered under everything. But then I, when I think about it, I'm like, well, you know what? I guess it would make sense that there probably is a union for some of them because when they started out, it was probably like five people in a garage somewhere. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, as true. they grew, a lot of studios started yeah, off that as way. As they yeah. grew, then you know, they probably found it more affordable to, you know, 
let people just be part of unions and, and stuff. So they didn't have to worry about that. And then the money coming in can go to the business. So, but yeah, the very interesting topic. Uh, would definitely love your guys' uh, feedback on it. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, if you've been keeping up with it and you have some information that we're not aware of, please, please let us know. Because like I said, I, I, we foresaw this, we knew that the ripples were going to start happening. Um, it's going to be the big studios. Uh, and then as probably as other industries come up, as the indie developers come up, this is a never ending ripple now, like this is not going to stop. It's going to keep going forever (laughs) like we're in that era where this kind of thing it's not gonna stop and and like i said i'm not saying that like oh well should it be buried absolutely not um i'm just saying that not all the causes are as genuine as they seem there's going to be a lot of people that just use it for gain because like i said it's a very touchy topic that nobody wants to address and they just want to please the masses without full-on evidence because literally a lot of these things are are uh hearsay and to be to be completely honest when you look at it it's and you read into it it's a lot of this person said this person said and then maybe the proof doesn't come out until decades later or i think a lot of the times in legal cases, the lawyer just says, look, you're just better off saying you did. Everyone already thinks you did it. They're not going to change their mind. Just fess up, sum up some money, retire quietly and live out your life in peace. And I think honestly, I, I think that 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 happens uh, more often than not, which is why you're going to start seeing probably on a yearly basis another company especially in the gaming industry, because it's a booming industry. It's a, do we even know a total dollar amount? It's like one of the highest media entertainment. It is the highest media entertainment globally. There is money in it. And it really, really sucks because the people that actually need the help that are actually being treated unfairly, I still don't think are the ones that are being heard. Um, and their cause is being used for a monetary gain. And it really sucks because the people who set up these organizations to help these employees, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. They're not going to be able to separate it because if you isolate anyone, they're automatically that that's whew, man, you're setting yourself up for a trap. It's you're, it's game over. So um, it really sucks, but we're going to see this start popping up a lot because right now it's Activision Blizzard, it's Ubisoft, uh, even Sony. I mean, it's it's under the radar for now, but there was that big thing with one of the uh, top corporate heads with Sony uh, dealing with, uh, I think it was trafficking. Yeah, it was, some, it was kind of, uh, some kind of prostitution. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He, uh, yeah, so, he was uh, he was so, trying to yeah. get uh, underage underage girls. Solicit, yeah, so yeah. Um, so like I said, and then that, yeah, 
So yeah, this is this is probably going to be on a yearly basis. We're going to be we're going to be seeing this um, heavy topic, but we would love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. So hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the Ubisoft situation. Do you agree with all the demands? Do you not agree with all demands? Uh, do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Get a conversation going. So let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at the GZ Chop Shop. We want to know your thoughts. All right, moving on to our next topic. Cyberpunk changes. Oof. That's right. Oh, oh my heart hurts. So <laughs> let me just start this off. Let me just start this off by saying I forgot I own Cyberpunk. I did if too. If that tells you anything. I did too. <laughs> Cyberpunk. I oh Cyberpunk forgot. had so much. It's okay. Cyberpunk is a good game. It is an enjoyable game. But because of the issues at launch and all the issues that came with it going on to the older consoles, which most of us still have because no one can get a PS5, uh, it really broke the game. It, it, wait, how long did it take them? They, wait, they took it off PlayStation Network the, or the PlayStation Store within weeks, and it took them almost yeah. six months before they Six put it back before they brought it back yeah so what are they going to be doing differently gonna... what, what makes what 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 is going on here that makes me want to replay it <laughs> try to play this game again okay so in a nutshell and i'm going to say something afterwards that's going to piss off a lot of my fellow gamers <laughs> and you know what you need to be pissed off because we're part of the problem and i'm throwing myself in the category because i'm guilty of it too um so they're they're finally updating it for the next gen consoles. It's they they showcased some PS5 and Xbox Series X gameplay. They're finally releasing some of that promise free DLC. Um, and they're remapping some of the things in the game that didn't handle well, such as the driving. That thing was worse than GTA. So they're they're fixing the driving, they're remodeling the driving, they're, you know, and the free DLC is coming out for all the consoles. They're not excluding the, the older gen consoles. The, all that stuff is coming. Um, what I see happening with cyberpunk. And one reason I'm glad I held on to it. I do see cyberpunk pulling a no man's sky. It has the potential for that. However, in, in honor of burn, however, comma, that is not a, a motto game should be following but it's a trend that has started and it really bothers me. It's almost like I can't tell if you did it by accident or you're doing it on purpose now because then they're like, Oh, we're giving you free DLC. And this is where they get that renewed faith in their, in their, you know, their brand with no man's sky. Scott took on more than he bit off more than he could chew. And he finally said, all right, you know what? I'm going to use the money you guys gave me and I'm going to give you the game. I promised it's going to take me like seven years to do it, but I'm going to do it. And he went about it and he did it. He did us right, but late when he should have done it from the start, as he promised, I'd rather you sell me something under promised and then surprise me with better features than overpromise because like i said everyone knows 80% almost 80% of a gaming budget goes into marketing so they have you know all these trailers made all this hype built up and then none of the money goes into the game so then we get the game and we're like what the heck is this now on the flip side this is where i'm going to piss off my fellow gamers cyberpunk releasing in the condition that it did I'm sorry, Nikki and Nightshade, good friend of ours. I, I know she was super hyped for Cyberpunk. She's probably going to disagree with this <laughs> if she listens to this episode. I'm sorry. We still love you. We're at fault for part of the reason it released the way it did. We are at fault. And the reason I say this, put your pitchforks down, everybody, and hear me out. For a long time, a lot of people don't remember this or they're having selective memory. For a long time, CD Projekt Red would take to Twitter and say the game was not ready. And a few times they said, we would like to just release it on next gen. And the feedback they got, the backlash was so harsh, they pretty much got pressured 
because they kept pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back because it was supposed to come out before 2020. They already pushed it back like two times. People were getting ticked. I think investments might have been getting pulled, but they were saying it's not ready. This is a next gen game. I'm, I'm like, this is a next gen game. We, the scope, the vision we have, it's just not for this hardware. We should just wait. And this also tells me another topic for later. They knew Sony and Xbox, as they always do, they knew a new console was going to come out. This tells you that a little tip of information here. When the PS4 and the Xbox, as they hit the shelves, they are already out of date. I know that's going to piss people off. PS5 is already outdated. As soon as it hits the shelf, this is any tech, honestly, as soon as it hits the shelf, it is outdated. They are already working towards the next model. When it hits the shelf, we're thinking it's the latest and greatest. No, for them, it's already outdated. We built it. We put it out there. It's outdated. Boom. Cool. Go. Why do you think new versions always come out two, three years later? Because they were already working on it by the time they put the original one on the shelf. Look at all the PS systems that come out. The big one, the original, the slim, a pro. They usually come in sets of threes because they're already working on the next one. And, you know, everyone's talking about like the PS5, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, they're already working on the pro. Give it like another year or two. The, the concept is built. They're just waiting for the proper time to launch it. It's going to, you guys are going to think, oh yeah, it was time. No, they, they were working on it the day the PS5 launched. So CD Projekt Red, obviously knew this and they said let's just wait for the next graphics cards the next gen consoles i it sucks we announced it now let's just wait the gamers were not having that we were like we want it now you promise we want it now and i'm pretty sure they were like okay but look at no man's sky look at you know games that got canceled that were ahead of their time and it just couldn't happen they said hey let's wait and then everyone said all right well we're bored we don't we're not interested in your game anymore and i can think of like one game off the side of my head tiberium if nobody knows that title that proves my point it was it was on the cover of a game informer slated to be one of the best multiplayer shooters of all time it looked fantastic and then it just fell off the face of the earth. Just gone. To this day, nobody knows what happened to it. Just gone. <laughs> you don't believe me? Look it up. Um, and I think CD Projekt Red was just trying to avoid that same situation by being open with everyone. Look, it's not ready. I'm pretty sure if you scroll back, and I know you Twitter warriors that scroll back into Twitters from 10 years ago, take a chance to scroll back in some healthy tweets. <laughs> And you'll see where CD Projekt before Red Twitter was saying, went public. <laughs> before Twitter went public, and, and they were saying it's not ready, but everyone wanted it now. So then they said, "Okay, we'll put it on the PS4, we'll put it on the Xbox One, we'll release it. Have at it." And then when we got it, we were pissed. And at this point, CD's like, "We told you." It wasn't ready. What did you expect? But this is also a case of uh, it is a customer to a provider. And in customer service, what is the number one rule? Customer is always right. I hate that so We're much. Customer. And I hate that. I hate that saying because the customer is not always the customer's not always fucking right. They're not. <laughs> yeah. There's some yeah. stupid ass customers out there. But for but they all know that I'm rule though. <laughs> they all know and that the, rule. Um, I'm not gonna go into it. I'm not gonna go into it. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna get mad. But that's what I think. Because you're right. That's what I think happened. We did this to ourselves, and it's gotten worse yeah. over the past several years. The the greater technology has gotten, the more interconnected and the more accessibility we've had to immediately communicate to these businesses and studios and with each other. Mm-hmm. It's the, the amount of just whining and complaining and wanting things immediately, no matter how transparent, which they, they are under no obligation to be transparent with us. The fact that oh, they do that to me is a good sign from a, a, a studio that they want to give yeah. me a good game. If they're being transparent with me and saying, Hey, something's not ready. We want to give you a good game. Give us time. 
I, I think that's a great thing because they're not trying to give us garbage. So why push it so hard? Like why? I don't understand it. My other thing is I'm like, and this is just my own personal gripe. How uneventful is your life that you can't wait another year for a game? You cannot tell me that if you're that hardcore of a gamer, you can't find you. I'm assuming most of you work normal nine to five. That's a good majority of your day. Uh, if you're a family person, you're definitely going to rest of your time is with family. So you probably have on average two hours a day, if not just two hours a week to game. And even if you say, okay, and even if you're a full-time streamer, the percentage of actual full-time streamers, full-time content creators is far smaller than we care to believe that can actually turn it into that is their job. That is their career. So it's not like 90% of the population doesn't have something else to do. Like, come on, there's gotta be something else you can do. Time, time flies now as it is. I'm like another year, another two years waiting on a game to, to get a good game. I I'll, you know, I'll take my chances. And granted there's sometimes where it's a letdown, but I don't think it's so much that the game itself is a letdown. It's just people lost interest. And a good example of that is kingdom hearts three. Um, I didn't think Kingdom Hearts 3 was a bad game. I just think they did take way too long to to release it because the fan base, we were kids when Kingdom Hearts came out. And then we were teenagers when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. But now we were family. We had our own families by the time Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. (laughs) So at that point, you know, and you're appealing to an audience that didn't even know about 1 and 2. So at that point, that's when, okay, we might have taken too long. Same thing with Duke Nukem. Like, I do feel you can only push it so far, but Cyberpunk wasn't that old. It's not that old yet. And who they're appealing to would still be in the age range to play it. Yeah, I guarantee you, if All Halo 2 was a little more time, if Halo 2 took 10 years to come out with a sequel, or for, for Halo 2 to drop, it, we, Halo would not be the universe and the world that we know today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think a game should take 10 years. I do agree with that. I don't think it should take 10 years. But Cyberpunk was not anywhere in that time frame. I think at most it was probably hitting its halfway point. Um, and it wasn't like they didn't have, you know, playable. It wasn't like not playable it was in a playable phase they just wanted to put it on the hardware they knew could handle it well you know what's funny to me is so i think i think we should have let them have it they say that they they wanted to make they wanted to update the game for next gen yet the game upon release was already so so demanding (laughs) graphically (laughs) that it was shutting down people's consoles and that's not that's that's yeah. not even with the 4K that they're releasing now. So that's wild. Like we're, we're trying to make it for 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 the next gen when really it was already made for next gen. Yeah. So. In, in this case, and I know a lot of people are feeling like the, the update stuff is overhyped with Cyberpunk because, you know, they're they're playing catch up right now to create the game that we were promised. Um, I I feel that Cyberpunk is going to come up on its second win. It's going to become the game. It's going to become the game for the times. It's going to become the game that <clears throat> everyone was expecting it to be. Uh, it's just going to take time to get there. Like I said before, I don't like this new trend that happens now where games do that, um, where they make it the game we should have got years later. Because if I'm paying because if that's the case, then I feel like it's a it's a weird setup Um, because I pay you full price up front for this game. But you don't give me the full game until years later if I'm even still playing it. But on the flip side, if I say, well, how about I just pay you over the time until you give me the full game and then I give you the full money, then it's like, oh, wait, we're already in that phase. It's called subscription based service. (laughs) So so I'm like, (laughs) oh, man, it's a lose lose no matter how you look at it. 
So it's like, okay, do I play pay for the incomplete game now or do I pay for the incomplete game over time via subscription-based service? So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, personally, I will say the updates made me curious to pick up Cyberpunk again. Uh, the only reason I didn't was because it was bricking systems for a little while. So I was a little scared. Um, but the time I spent with Cyberpunk, I loved it. Oh, it's a good I game. I was exploring the world. Yeah, I was exploring the world. I was side questing. I was making my my VOP. I mean, I had some cool stuff. The only thing I didn't like about the game was the driving mechanics. The driving mechanics drove me <laughs> insane. I was like, I won't floor it, but if I floor it for like two seconds, I'm crashing. When, so when earlier GTA that, games have better driving mechanics than a, a new gen game. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, look, CD Projekt Red, you're a well-known developer. We all know about the uh, <clears throat> the hidden feature you guys can put in games that keep cars on course. Add that, for the love of everything, <laughs> to Cyberpunk. Or, like, modulate the speed or something. Like, we know about the hidden features in video games. It's, it's either zero or AI 100. There's no in-between. <laughs> there's no in-between. <laughs> there's just go or hope oh, you don't. There's man. don't move or hope you don't crash. I was like, uh, Cyberpunk was the first game that forced me to follow the in-game traffic laws. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped at red lights because I just didn't want to nick my car. I was like, and then when I, I, I only flirted when I was in the desert. That was the only time the I desert, could floor. So you could drive off. <laughs> uh, I could just drive off. Leave her in the but dust. when I was in the city, but you know, I have to wonder, maybe they made the driving mechanics so rough so that you would appreciate the scenery a little more. So you weren't just speeding through because there's a lot of detail when you could see it. And it wasn't going Nintendo 64 for, you know, some poor souls that were playing it on the OG PS4. Um, It's a beautifully designed world. So much details. I, I I had nostalgia when I went into Chinatown. I was seeing it. it cyberpunk actually motivated me to get a, a cyberpunk theme world in my Oculus. Because it was just, I felt at home in the world of cyberpunk. It was so beautifully designed. The character, uh, pedestrian interactions, the city felt alive. It felt like it was a living, breathing city. I, for one, would have loved if they kept the VR concept. A hundred percent would have loved it. I think the reason they took it out, other than technical issues, which once again, I think when the PS5 releases their VR, I think they would bring it back. Um, but it, 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 there's... They didn't want to leave a lot of people out, people who didn't have VR. People having VR is catching on fire. Would, <laughs> the demanding <laughs> game yeah, yeah. oh shit yeah, yeah oh man they didn't want the you know they didn't want to because in cyberpunk they probably were like hmm maybe this is a bad idea you're wearing a vr headset and then in cyberpunk you see someone you can fry someone's brain chip who's wearing a visor and it's like man that really looks like someone wearing a vr headset huh <laughs> it's like you don't want that happening in real life so you know, I feel like there was more to it than that. But me personally, I'm kind of a little bit excited for the cyberpunk updates, even if they seem a little overhyped. I, I it gives me reason to go back. Let's let's see what they fix and, and give them time. And I think the game will be what it should have been. So. Well, speaking of games and gaming studios and developers, there is a new RPG maker coming to Steam. Unity. Yes. Uh, okay. So for everybody who knows, <clears throat> and if you haven't already, make sure you go ch- check out our Patreon. There's all the details about it. Uh, we are officially in the midst of developing our own video game. Um, our very first video game uh, with smaller games coming out along the way. So being that we've gotten into game development, I've become extremely fascinated with the software used by some of my favorite Patreon creators for their own games. And one of the ones that always came up was RPG Maker. And anyone who knows, RPG Makers come out kind of like Maddens. <laughs> like every like two or three years, a new RPG Maker drops. Because I was introduced to RPG Maker back when Ace, and it was like Ace and then Ace VX. And then 
uh, MX, I think, and then MV, now MZ. They always come out with a new, improved version. So the reason I wanted to cover this is because as I've gotten more into game development, I oh I and it, it's funny that they announced this because about a week or so ago, uh, I was actually thinking about with our game, I was debating because I actually have toyed around with the Unity engine myself a little bit, and I also toyed around with the uh, Unreal engine. I said, man, do I should 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 I just go use the Unity engine because the Unity engine has has made some some really good games and anyone who's in a horror that's ever played SCP containment knows that was run on the uni engine. There's a lot of well-known games that have been built on unity combining unity with the RPG maker. You get that modern feel with that nostalgic top down look. And, and I've looked at some of the samples for it and it looks chef kiss gorgeous there are going to be some amazing games coming out when uh, RPG maker unity drops. That is a heck of a combination that they're doing. They're building this on top of the unity engine. That is insane. The character details. I was looking at it on steam. I was like, yo, if it was available today, I didn't care. I was going to buy it. (laughs) I was going to buy it because I was like, I like unity uh, and I love RPG maker and the character models, they look way more fleshed out. They already they're more detailed. The worlds look kind of like photorealistic. So they don't all have to look as uh I want to say Pokemon-ish, like classic Pokemon, where it's kind of cartoony. No, these worlds, they just have that that good combination of 3D and 2D. And I feel that's that's gonna bring that's gonna make life a lot easier. <clears throat> for some developers for sure uh because there's this uh there's a technique where you use photoshop to turn some items into uh pretty much background is but it brings a little bit more detail and more depth than you know having to place them manually in a map i think the rpg unity is going to remove the need to do that i think the unity engine is going to be able to make it so you can have that look uh without the extra work and i think that is that is amazing and i know you have the um rpg maker mz but i know you've only used it for a little bit but what was what was your take on using an rpg maker engine for the first time Uh, you know i thought uh i i go to you for anything technical uh, with game development or, you know, recording, podcast, video editing, uh, when I'm when I don't know how to do something and I can't find a solid video on it and usually can direct me fairly easily. Uh, but this I felt was very user friendly. I thought I was going to have to come to you and like, dude, I can't do this. Uh, help me out here. But it's not. It's so user friendly. And if you just take maybe maybe an hour of your time. And just go through the options, go through the settings, uh, just play around a little bit. Nothing, you know, not trying to do it. No goal in sight. You're just trying to learn and mess around with stuff. It's very user friendly. So uh, I I have not used any other types of RPG makers. This, th- that's the only one that I've I've used. Uh, but seeing all of these kind of come together with Unity I like I I look forward to being able to jump in and just start learning how to make games. Uh, And one of the biggest things that I saw that that I I read in the article was. uh, They do the coding for you, so you a lot of people that that's a big milestone for people and also a big block for people that want to get into to add or into game development is I don't know how to code and by removing that you open the door for so many people that maybe they do have amazing ideas and concepts for an Mm -hmm. awesome new world uh, that they can bring to everybody, but they don't know how to code. Um, And I think that's really awesome that they're doing, they're taking that work and those steps out of our way for us. I I think it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Um, Especially because uh, Gotcha Games built the RPG Maker to be accessible for anyone who wants to get into game development and release a game without having to know any kind of coding. 
whatsoever. You know, you don't have to know all the C++. You don't have to know all of that. You can go in RPG Maker and they have a, a pretty in-depth tutorial. And even if that's not in-depth for you enough, there's a whole wiki site dedicated, built by users that break down almost every feature of all the RPG makers as soon as they come out. And then they even give you ideas on how to do creative things like parallax mapping and layering and all of these little nuanced things that help you think outside the box to create amazing uh, games. And with them combining on Unity, Unity is already good with mobile games. They already put out a ton of, there's already a ton of mobile games built on their engine. This means converting your RPG maker games into mobile games is going to be way easier. That means you can release your games mobile, internet, hopefully one day console, but definitely you, you'll be able to cover PC, mobile, and uh, I think there's another one in there I'm missing, but it's it's a, it's a package deal. Like I'm, I'm thinking it's good. So if you've ever wanted to get into game development, I highly, highly recommend whether you're advanced or beginner, I really think you should check out RPG Unity. It's supposed to come out this year. They haven't set a date. That's going to bother me because <laughs> I'm like, please don't come out at the same time. Uh, the Steam Deck drops because my wallet's going to be crying. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, RPG Maker Unity, that's going to be uh, amazing um, for for sure. I'm thinking, honestly, I was thinking, I was like, yo, I think we're going to finish building our game in RPG, <laughs> RPG maker unity. Honestly. Yeah. If, if it's as easy as it's, uh, if it's as easily uh, possible to, to move everything between, are, are they, are they meshing them together under unity or are they allowing you to basically copy and paste the work from other RPG makers into unity? Like, how's that, how's that working there? Cause not I, I'm not sure how that works. That I'm not entirely sure of, but I know MZ was able to use a lot of assets from the RPG makers before. So I would assume that with Unity, with a lot of people who've already, because a lot of people, the beautiful thing about the RPG makers and why they come out with so many different ones, the newer ones don't appeal to veterans of it before. MZ's out, but a lot of people still prefer MX or they still prefer Ace, but the assets still can transfer over to the newer ones. So I assume with unity, you'd be able to transfer the assets over. Um, it would be amazing if you could copy your entire project folder over to it. Uh, but there, there's still a little, um, quiet on the details. I didn't really get to go in the full description on, on steam. I was very busy, much cap captivated by the, the combination of unity and RPG maker. I was like, sold, take my money. Um, but I do feel that it would be an amazing feature if you could just roll your projects over uh, seamlessly into unity and go for there. The only reason, the only thing I would see being an issue though, and probably why they won't let that happen, which now that I think about it, it makes sense. Plugins, plugins are third party sources that have to be built for that engine. So if you have plugins already built into your game from a third party source that has not built the plugin to operate with the newest version of an RPG maker, your game will not work. It'll be broken. So I'm assuming you could probably transfer raw files over if all of your assets are specifically from that RPG maker. But anything external, which to be completely honest, most RPG maker creators use plugins and third party assets to improve on the features of the game because RPG maker is the canvas. It's the base. It gets you started, but everything else you go out and get yourself. So all the plugins you have, everything else that you've accumulated for your previous uh, RPG makers, they probably will not roll over. So you probably would have to just build a fresh game in unite. Uh, until, you know, and it doesn't take long. I mean, <clears throat> most of the third party developers out there, they're on it as soon as uh, they build assets for all the RPG makers. So give them like a month or so, if that, and most of your favorite plugins will probably pop up on. Oh, I'm on sure. Unity, I'm sure it'll drop with, I'm sure it'll drop with plenty of features anyways. If it's being, if it's being hyped up this much and it's, uh, and all the features from what it sounds like are already like, 
you know, new gen next level stuff. I'm sure it's going to drop with plenty of options on top of plenty of third parties already on top of it. Oh, they're probably already getting ready for unity. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely an amazing thing. Um, so like I said, if you're a game developer thinking about game development or you're already in, definitely, definitely check it out. And also be on the lookout for our game when it comes out. If you guys want more details on that, please make sure to go check out our Patreon, <clears throat> patreon.com forward slash Gamma Games. All the details for uh, pretty much everything with the podcast and our game development, you can find there. And also, if you're watching the video version of this, you can see I'm rocking our amazing Crossroads Collection hoodie. This has been getting me through uh, the renovation times. It's very cozy. It's, it's been my best friend while the house has been getting torn asunder. <laughs> so I've been wearing this, this wonderful, wonderful, comfortable hoodie. So you guys want to get some merchandise, make sure to check out the gzshop.com. There you can see Warner's is rocking the gamut, the OG Gamma Games collection, oh, yeah. which I strongly recommend you guys go and check out the shop because some of the uh, some of the merchandise is getting faded out. It's phasing out. So if you want to be you want to show how long you've been a supporter, uh, make sure you grab some of that stuff before it phases out, because I'm the, the midnight. Collect- I think the midnight collection is already phased out. I don't know. I got to go check. Um, but we do have a whole new line. The original series collection is just launched. So make sure you go and grab yourself some nifty merchandise for the store. We greatly appreciate that. And once, as always, thank you so much to our Patreons for your continued support. We love you guys. And thanks to you, we're able to do these episodes every week. So thank you so much for that. Anyway, Make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter. Let us know any comments you have on this week's episode. Let us know your thoughts. Hit us up on Reddit and hit us up on YouTube and your comments in down below. We want to know your guys' thoughts, any information you guys may have had that we miss. We want to know. We want to communicate with you guys so that we can bring you the most informative episodes as possible. Anyway, you guys have been amazing. Stay safe out there and we will catch all of you wonderful people on the next episode. Later, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.